0: Are you worried about what the coronavirus might mean for shipping and logistics coming out of China? Well, today's guest has boots on the ground and is an expert on the subject. He's gonna let us know exactly what's happening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got somebody on the line today from the other part of the world calling all the way from Israel. We got Raphael. Raphael, how's it going? Hey, Bradley. Everything is fine. Thank you very much. How are you today? I'm doing just delightful things now. Before we get into it, I just want to make sure that there might be some people who are maybe reading this on the website or seeing this, you know, seeing the blog on the website with your recording, and they see your name is pronounced R-E-F-A-E-L. Yeah. So, but the correct pronunciation is still Raphael, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, same as with same as with an A after the R. Yeah, that's a funny okay. story actually. Um, in Israel, when we, we start to learn English, like in the first grade and even before, and the teacher actually teaches you how to spell your name and how to write it down and everything. And so she taught me with an E for some reason, and it just got stuck with me for the rest of my life. I think I'm the <laughs> only one in the world with an E instead of an A after the R. I think so.
0: I think so. So a lot of our listeners, maybe some of the, some of them are are familiar with you because you actually teach some modules that we have in the Freedom Ticket about about shipping and logistics uh, due to your you know your company Unit And so that's kind of like what I really wanted to focus on today is, is just you know we haven't really had a, a shipping and logistics expert. But before we get into that, we always like to hear your journey of how you got to where you are now. So in those days you're, you are getting put an E in your name, Raphael, as a, as a youngster there growing up, what in those days, what did you envision how your life would turn out? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, in first grade. (laughs) Yeah. You haven't, I wanted to be a doctor, lawyer, or you wanted Uh, to run a shipping company.
1: Actually, I don't remember. I wanted to be rich. (laughs) I remember that I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be, you know, settled financially. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we grew up in, um, you know, in, in, it's not poor family, but you know, the father worked very hard, mother worked very hard. Not real, you know, not a lot of money around. And I remember, I really remember. That's a that's a very interesting question. I really remember. I always thought to myself, like, and and spoke to myself, like, with that inner voice, that I'll never be, you know, on a financial problems when I grow up. And it's kind of kind of probably stuck, you know, in the the back of my head. And it, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to be. It's not a what, but it's, it, it's kind of a how, you know, I wanted to be when I grew up and I, 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 think I fulfilled it. Um, I'll start telling you about the company soon, but I think I fulfilled it. Yeah.
0: That's cool. So then you, you went to high school graduate high school. And then did you go to university there in Israel as well?
1: Uh, no, it's a bit different in Israel. In Israel, uh, because of the, uh, um, you know, uh, security situation and, and, and all the uh, wars around us in the Middle East, in Israel, when you turn 18, it's actually mandatory to go to the army. Every boy and every okay. girl, when they turn 18 in Israel, it's mandatory. You got to go to the army. Otherwise, you can go to jail. It's going to become a fashion uh, in Israel that after you're released from the army, you go travel overseas. Um, everybody does it i went to australia i ended up in australia and i ended up living there for about almost five years in australia um that's what i actually started my import and export journey and i don't know how but i ended up you know having uh, a retail business at the age of 22 a year after i got into australia in australia you know went on alibaba it was Alibaba was a very, um, you know, uh, premature uh, platform. It was very new, so I found some Chinese guys through my searches in Alibaba, and I said to them, "Hey, I am gonna come to China. Come and meet me. Be my translator." And again, we're looking at twelve years ago. You know, Westerners doing business in China it wasn't that common as it today. So. When he was speaking to Chinese people, they were very excited to speak to you, and they were very curious about you and about the outside world, you know, the Western world. So, you know, wherever I, I I spoke to, it was they was very they were very excited too, that I'm coming there and they're gonna meet me. So, I ended up in China, um, started talking to manufacturers, talking talk started talking to factories. And started doing international shipping, you know, moving goods from country to country, dealing with customs. And I I realized that I really love it. And I really, really, um, it was very interesting for me to just move commodities around the world, dealing with customs, dealing with all these certificates. Uh, I really loved it. And about, about a year later or two years later, something like that, I sold that business and I started working in international shipping. I just joined this company and, you know, became an employee, started to learn, and, you know, learn, learn the ropes as working inside the freight forwarding industry. In 2014, actually, I got my first Amazon client. This client came to me and said, hi, I want to ship um, this and that product. Uh, from Israel to Amazon, you know, in the States. And I said, All right, n- not a problem. Give me your detail, give me the details the, the shipment details and everything. And he and he got a quote from us. And he, I was saying he was all right. I was I remember he was saying like all right let's let's proceed. I want to do that shipment. And I said cool, let's do it. We said to him, hey, so in order to sk- to 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 operate an international shipment, you gotta you gotta have a receiver. So we got to like, okay, who is the receiving party? He says, Amazon, right? What's the phone number for Amazon? Who's the contact person we're going to schedule the truck to come and deliver the goods to? He said, no, it doesn't work like that. And I said to him, listen, man, let's hang up the phone. You have no idea of what you're asking us to do. You're trying to ship goods, commercial goods to another country where you don't have a presence there. You don't have a legal entity. You don't have a phone number for the receiver. You have nothing. Stop what you're trying to do. You're gonna lose everything. Stop hassling me. And I started fighting with him. He's like, you know, you you don't know you don't know anything. There's a lot of people doing that all around the world. Blah, blah blah. And I said, leave me alone. Cut the crap. Goodbye. And being an entrepreneur, it it kind of stayed with me that day and that person. And I went back home after the after finishing you know my 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 shift. And I started googling what he was talking about and went on Facebook and I saw these live and vibrant communities and forums and people talking about Amazon FBA and the business they are doing. And, and I, re- I remember saying, wow, this guy was right. I was the idiot. And I came back the other day. I came back, sorry, I came back the, the next day to the office. And first thing I did was calling that guy and I say, you know what? You are right. I was the stupid one. Please forgive me. Give me 24 hours and I'll come up with a solution. And today, five years later, we are over 60 employees, um, you know, in three continents.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Now, question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a lot of people have been worried about the, you know, coronavirus and, and how it affected. I know, you know, you guys uh, were planning to, to have everything go back to normal, just like every year, right after Chinese New Year, you know, around first week yeah. of February. But how was February different for you? Like what was going on for, you know, from a lo- the logistics side for a company like yours who, who specializes in, in shipping and logistics for Amazon sellers? What was going on in February?
1: Well, that's, that's a very interesting question. And that's a very, it's still, a, you know, a painful subject for us. Basically every year after Chinese New Year, Chinese, before the Chinese New Year, basically around January, Chinese New Year is the busiest time of the year for freight forwarders shipping and out of China. Um, even more than quarter four, more than Christmas, January is the big boom. And usually Chinese come back from their holiday around 1st of February. This year it was extended to the 10th of February, but things get back to normal on an an average year. Things get back to normal around 10 to 14 days after they come back to their holiday. Because, you know, there is still time until all the workers come back to work until they really start production. So it takes about 10 to 14 days. This year, because of the coronavirus, and the coronavirus actually hit right on the Chinese New Year, February was dead. You know, it was just dead. Nothing was coming out of China. Most of Amazon sellers today ship out of China. We analyzed our our numbers and 85% of all of our shipments were out of China. That Coronavirus affects, you know, from, from sellers to, to shipping companies, to logistic companies, to big retailers, it really affects everybody. Last year, we're looking at about 50 to 60 shipments a day around first of March, uh, end of February. Today, we're looking at around, you know, 10 to, to 12 shipments a day. Don't forget that a lot of the the road, a lot of the roads are still blocked in China. Very hard to move from province to province because the government is trying to control the, you know, how the virus uh, spreads.
0: So there might be some shipping delays based on, for example, like if the factory is inland, just to be able to even get it to the port. You you, you say that that's taking a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, inland transportation um, is getting a bit more pricier because of lack of you know of drivers right now. Um, shipping lines are starting to ramp up, and uh, we we don't see any delays on shipping lines now. Airlines, a lot of airlines have canceled their passenger flights, so we operate a lot of uh, freighters, you know, cargo flights. Ah,
0: um, uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So capacity, it, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting thing because. There was no demand because factories are not manufacturing those. There is no demand, and there is no supply as well. So prices don't really go up because prices go up when there is you know big demand and le- and no supply. But this time there was no demand and low supply. It's an interesting thing. no demand, no supply. prices stays almost the same, except for inland trucking because there, there there is a very big shortage of drivers, so prices for moving goods domestically. Um, are rising. But again, okay. when we, we we see shipments coming out every day, not in the pace we want it to be, not in the numbers we used to, but shipments are going out by ocean, by air, DHL, FedEx, UPS, the courier companies, the express companies are back to normal now. So if a seller has products ready, it shouldn't be a problem to ship it out. Um, there are a lot of rumors about. U.S. Customs putting uh, restrictions on goods coming out from China. These, these are only rumors. Uh, U.S. Customs right now operates on a regular basis, no restrictions, no special certificates needed
0: from what you see obviously you're not on the manufacturing side but from what you hear from your customers are are a lot of customers backed up now with like the because of the factory what you know was backed up with production so it's taking them a little bit longer to get shipments even ready for you to ship or or do you, have you heard anything like that
1: well the big pressure because because that virus, you know, hit us on, on on right on the Chinese New Year. Most of the big sellers and, and, you know, the medium to big sellers, you know, was gearing up and getting a lot of goods out of China before the Chinese New Year. So we don't see a lot of pressure right now from sellers, but we are starting to hear that, you know, if things don't get back to normal in a week or two weeks, things are going to get a lot, you know, get Things are gonna get worse for a lot of sellers because they're gonna be out of stock. And production, yeah, obviously, think about how many orders are starting to back up with factories. So they'll, you know, they'll they'll gonna they're gonna have a backlog with of orders um, coming out of you know production. Uh, and it, here it comes as it depends how big you are and depends how how important of a client you are to the factory to put you up, you know, in. in in first priority or last priority um but yeah the, the effect is 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 still out there um and we expect we expect the effect to 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 be with us at least until may june even though factories will come back to normal capacity will rise again there's going to be a very big backlog and very big um you know order stacking up with those suppliers um, cause again, most of them are not back to full capacity yet.
0: So then with, with a lot of less flights going to and from China, how does this affect like people who want air freight? Like, does it mean it's near impossible or is just the, the prices are going to be very, a, a lot higher than normal or
1: now now that, now that demand is coming back up again, because as we said, factories are operational and working, demand is going to rise and supply is going gonna, is gonna to stay low because a lot of flight was canceled. We see prices by air going up. There's not going to be a problem to ship it out, just the price is going to be higher and sometimes a lot higher than, you know, the usual after Chinese. After Chinese New Year, we call it low season. Basically, it's you know, March, April, May on a regular year. It's a low, it's, it's considered low season for cargo out of China. But yeah, this year is going to be very high season because there's going to be a lot of demand and less supply. We've heard United Airlines, Delta Airlines, all of the US airlines have just canceled all of those flights, some of them even up to end of April. So there is a, there is a shortage in the market and shortage. Again, when demand picks up, like we see today, the the prices are going to move up north very fast.
0: Okay. That's, that's, that's good to know. Now, just in general, you know, regardless of coronavirus or, or any kind of, you know, seasonality, I want to talk about some, some just common things that, that people who are shipping things from China, you know, especially selling on Amazon or selling on other e-commerce platforms, Different terminology that everybody uh, needs to know and, and, and things like that. So, for example, what's the difference like between air freight and air consolidation? That's a very good question.
1: I, I talk about it also on, uh, on the Freedom Ticket course. You know, with time, freight forwarders and especially dedicated, Amazon dedicated freight forwarders started to, to build, we call it hybrid products for Amazon sellers. So there's a regular air freight where you when you book, an, uh, you know, a, a, a cargo with an airline, you, you book it as an airport to airport. You're, as a freight forwarder, we arrange our trucking partners to pick up and our trucking partners to deliver. With air consolidation, what happens is we figure out that there are a lot of Amazon sellers out there. They are all going to the same location, which are Amazon facilities. So we started, not only us, but Amazon dedicated freight forwarder, we started building air consolidation. So what it means, basically, we will have like a weekly or a bi-weekly booking with airlines where we buy space for three and 4,000 kilos, three or four ton. And what we do is we combine a lot of sellers on that flight. So you can have a 100 kilo, Uh, David can have 200 kilo, this guy can have 400 kilo, and Basically, we already booked a slot for three and four ton, and we bought our air freight price is based on three or four ton. So instead of booking uh, your one hundred kilo on yourself with airline, we book it on our on our three ton slot. Which means the price for the air freight for the actual you know moving the goods internationally is gonna be you know it's gonna be reduced by by a lot. So. Basically, an air consolidation is a big air freight slot that the freight forwarder books with an airline. He combines all of these sellers together. Now, the frequency of flights will depend on how many clients that freight forwarder have. Right? If the freight forwarder is small, it'll take him a lot of time to to fill that two-ton or three-ton slot. If he's big, if he's big and he has a lot of clients, it'll be very fast, you know, to fill that slot. So that's that's what that's going to affect the transit time as well. Air consolidation are basically, we have two types of air consolidations. We have an air consolidation that that goes directly to Amazon, for example. By analyzing data, we figure out that Amazon in Dallas, FTW1 or Amazon in Southern California, ONT8 is a very big location for Amazon and a lot of sellers are getting it. So we actually have flights going directly to those facilities. You know, we have a, you know, we consolidate in our warehouses in Shanghai and in Shenzhen. From there, we, we send it over to the airline. And, it, for example, for a Dallas consolidation, it will land in Dallas airport. And from there, we'll take a truck to deliver, to deliver the whole lot to Amazon in Dallas or in Southern California. And it lands in, in Los Angeles LAX. And then from there, direct truck to Amazon. That's, this, that's the first type of consolidation. We call it a direct Amazon consolidation. The second type would be a consolidation to a 3PL location, mostly in Southern California, around Los Angeles. And we use that when we have smaller orders for shipments that goes to any other Amazon facility. So basically we will collect all this cargo, we will still book that big slot with an airline to to get the reduced price per kilo, and then ship the whole lot our warehouse in Los Angeles. Once it lands in Los Angeles and it gets, and it gets to our warehouse, we'll start you know, uh, you know, breaking the lot and salt and, and segregate the whole thing. And then we will have a local domestic carrier like UPS Ground or FedEx Ground deliver each lot by itself to its designated Amazon facility. That's the two types of air consolidation that, uh, that, are, that are out there in the market. And the difference is you will use an air consolidation if you have less than 500 kilo for your own order. Um, and it will be fairly cheaper than regular air freight. But transit time will be longer because it, it will take some days to collect all the cargo from the other sellers. And if it's, uh, if it's going through a 3PL in Los Angeles, it will take another you know, day or two to get it to the 3PL. And then another four to five days for the UPS ground or FedEx ground carrier to deliver it to Amazon. Um, so it's, it's going to be a bit slower, but it's going to be much cheaper than a regular air freight shipping.
0: So, so then what about express shipping? That's even another form that's even faster and more expensive than either of those two, right? Exactly.
1: So express shipping, we will usually use either DHL, FedEx, or UPS, the, the big brand names. Fast means expensive and slow means cheap. So, air express is the fastest service you can get. You're looking at about, you know, we have we can have a next day service even. So we have services that your cargo is now with the factory, and tomorrow it's going to be in Amazon in the states. You know, delivered to Amazon. That's the highest price. And you have like a regular express service, which is about two to three, two to four business days from pickup to delivery. Um, and you would use that service if you have a fairly smaller order, like a fifty kilo or hundred kilo or if you need it very fast. You know we have clients selling one thousand units a day, you know very big clients, and for them, being out of stock and it's not you know it's not worth any any price in the world, so they'll pay anything to get big shipments into Amazon as fast as possible so you know it's it's funny today. We operate over 100 ton in our express division. We have a specialized you know, department in our company only for express shipments. And we move around 100 ton per month with those carriers. Those carriers actually don't really like us because we have too much volume for them. It's funny. You would imagine they would love us. But actually, freight, you know, courier companies, FedEx, DHL Express, they make their money when they ship a kilo or half a kilo, you know, a sample. That costs you twenty, thirty dollars a kilo to ship, and when I come with hundred ton, I expect to get a very good price to resell to my clients. And we, you know, we, we they they don't really like working with big freight forwarders because we 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 back up their planes. You know, we take all the capacity, and instead of selling the the, the capacity on the airplane for you know, thousands of clients shipping half a kilo or shipping a kilo and paying $20 a kilo and $30 a kilo, they have to, you know, they they now got to work with a freight forwarder who puts like 500 kilo on an airway bill or 200 kilo on a shipment and, you know, sell it for much, much, much less than, you know, $17 a kilo. The going rate for express shipment today from China to the States for a good and fast service, FedEx or DHL, you are looking at around 5 to $7 a kilo depends where to where depends on the final um, gross weight and volume.
0: Okay. And then, and then just real quick uh, based on that same, you know, again, what, what would the air freight and air consolidation be? per kilo? Rate,
1: air freight and air consolidation will basically, the price will change according to the, the real, you know, to the, to the, the price will vary according to how much you're going to ship. So for example, we mm-hmm. take, I don't know, a 200 kilo shipment, which is a fairly small shipment by air. By, a, by an air consolidation, on a regular year, this ta- the, around this time of the year, I'm not talking about the coronavirus, you're looking at, around, you look at around 4 to $4.5 a kilo. I'm talking about FOB to DOH from the forward warehouse in China up to delivery. And for a regular air freight, well, you don't ship 200 kilos on a regular air freight because that's too small on a regular air freight. Let's say if you have a ton, 1,000 kilos on a regular air freight, around this time of the year, you're looking at around $3 a kilo FOB from, you know, from airport, from the airport in China up to delivery in the States, in, in Amazon, you look at around $3, $3.2 a kilo, $3.5 a kilo. It really depends where is your location, where is your Amazon facility, um, obviously around Los Angeles, uh, it will be the cheapest cause that's the fastest route from China. Um, Midwest and South would be a bit higher and East coast would be a bit higher as well because that's the, the longest route from China um, to the States. Um, yeah, so that's roughly the numbers you're looking at, uh, with the coronavirus, these, all of these numbers are going to go up at least by a dollar per kilo. Cause again, Demand is hiking up now and there's less
0: capacity. Okay, and then and then the the cheapest right now or the most inexpensive, which is also of course the slowest would be like ocean freight. Yeah.
1: And ocean, an ocean consolidation. Also on ocean we have that same um hybrid products where we take a traditional product like an LCL or an FCL, a full container load, and we build like a consolidation for Amazon, which means Uh, We take the the same method as the air. We take a lot of sellers going to the same direction and we put them all on the same container and that container goes directly to Amazon. Uh, The transit time will vary according to the Amazon location. But again, Southern California, Amazon facilities, you're looking at around 25 days from departure to delivery. Um, Midwest, you're looking at around 35 to 40 days from departure to delivery. East Coast you're looking at about thirty five to forty five days from departure to delivery. That's a bit slower than traditional um ocean freight products like lcl uh, that's less than container load or regular fcl because again we're on a consolidation you gotta wait for the container to be filled and you gotta wait sometimes you get you, you need to unload it in a three p l to distribute sometimes the container goes directly to Amazon. It really depends on the product you're being sold. It's and it's crazy. It's it becomes a new economy in China. Today, if you come to us with a shipment, if anybody comes to us with an RFQ, we have about almost eight different products we can price it with, you know, like air consolidation to Amazon, air consolidation to a three PL and then a domestic distribution, regular air, regular ocean. Uh ocean consolidation to Amazon, ocean consolidation to a 3PL Express, there are a lot of different products um, actually today. Where you look at about four years ago, there were these products was you know, it was it's it's pretty new in the market, actually. So four years ago you, you couldn't find those products. It was regular air freight, regular ocean freight. Um but I guess it's a good thing, you know, for Amazon sellers. Um, the more volume China gets, you know, for Amazon sellers, the easier it gets to build a product like a hybrid product to consolidate a lot of sellers. And bottom line, it helps sellers save a lot of money on their shipping.
0: Okay, now just, you know, I, I know you don't have a specific number, but just in your experience, if you're thinking about on average, how much percent of your Amazon customers have things shipped directly from China to like an FBA facility? or compared to how many are first either going to their own warehouse or like a 3PL warehouse? Uh,
1: That's a very good question. I would say it depends on the size of the seller. Small to medium sellers ship directly to Amazon because it's cheaper. You don't have to go through another stop in a 3PL. Um, So most of them will ship directly to Amazon today. I would say from the small to medium size sellers, 90% 90% of them ship directly to Amazon. Request to ship directly to Amazon. Um, the bigger sellers are, you know, doing you know shipments by the container load, and with Amazon storage prices, it becomes very you know very expensive to keep huge amount of stock on Amazon. So these guys send it to our 3PL for unloading. You know, we build their pallets on our 3PL and then keep some pallets in storage and then like drip feed pallets to Amazon as per the sales and, you know, and per the requirements. So bigger sellers would tend to send goods to a 3PL, keeping storage, just because they have bigger shipments. All right? Yeah. If you have a smaller shipment and you're fine with stock, you know your your, your cargo is going to sell, you are not in quarter four because quarter four prices go through the roof with Amazon for storage. Regular, you know, quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, if you have smaller shipments, you would send them directly to Amazon because it will be cheaper.
0: What about the uh, import fees? You know, of course, you know, when I, when I used to import things, uh, I used to be in car parts business like 20 years ago, you know, I would get my own custom broker and then I would have to clear customs and it was different than the shipping company. So I would import yeah. it, it would get to the port and then I'd contact my custom broker and say, Hey, you know, I paid them like a bond for the year and yeah, then yeah. they would clear it. But now most uh, or a lot, I you know, I like, I know your company and a lot of others they can do all of that together, right? So the the seller or the, the, the company doesn't have to get their own custom broker or their own bond anymore, right? Yeah.
1: Well, today, and I think it's been going for at least 10 years and even more, all 99% of the freight forwarding companies in the States would give you the custom clearance services as well. So you won't have to shop around for another, you know, supplier for customs and, you know, a, a freight forwarder. So 99% of all freight forwarders offer custom clearance services, uh, which is a good thing because the freight forwarder knows the product he's shipping. He knows his client, he knows his customs classification, and it's just, just easier. Imagine an Amazon seller, a starting Amazon seller will have to not only deal with a freight forwarder. Now he has to deal with another party, which is a customs broker and, 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 you know, an insurance company for the customs bond. It'll just be a nightmare for them. So if you want to be in that business, you've got to offer the full scope. At the end of the day, bottom line, you know, the IOR, the importer of record, which is the Amazon seller, he is responsible to be in line with the regulation, uh, to meet all of the regulation and the, certi- the certification needed to import his product. Freight forwarder is basically like his consultant, all right. But their sole responsibility mm-hmm. is on the actual IOR. Um, so yeah, that's a good question.
0: Okay. All right. Now, before we get into your 30 second tip, so you're, you got, you're going to have to think of a 30 second tip, like Mm -hmm. uh, some kind of cool strategy that you can say really quick that has to do with shipping, but we play this game called the search volume game. All right. Mm -hmm. So obviously here at, here at Helium 10, we have, you know, database of keywords and estimated number of how many times they're searched for in a month. Mm -hmm. So I have three different words here. Mm -hmm. And each of these, I have three different search volumes, but I'm not going to give it to you in, in any specific order, but you're going to try and match the search volume with the search term. Okay. So first I'm going to tell you the three words. All right. And they kind of have to deal with, with, with what you guys deal with. So they are all shipping related keywords. Mm -hmm. And the three words are shipping boxes, shipping scale and shipping supplies. Okay. Shipping boxes, shipping scale, and shipping supplies. And the three search volume from least to most is one of these keywords is 3,000. It's searched for about 3,000 times per month on amazon.com. Another one is searched for about 9,000 times per month. And the last one is searched for about 17,000 times per month. So which one goes to which search volume? Shipping boxes, shipping scale, shipping supplies.
1: I would go with 3,000 for shipping scales. I would go with 9,000 for shipping boxes and 17,000 with shipping supplies.
0: Wow. It's, it's actually the opposite. So, really? Yes. So the, and this is exactly why I play this game because here's an expert in shipping and And even what what he thinks is not exactly what the common American customer is actually doing. So the number one most searched for thing on Amazon that has to do with shipping is shipping boxes with 17,000 shipping scale is 9,000 and shipping supplies is 3,000.
1: Oh, well
0: actually, that's not surprising. That's good. I I like it. Very, very rarely does anybody ever get them right, but uh, it's, it's better when we get it wrong because it shows It shows people just how much you need to do the research because what, what seems like common sense is not exactly always what is, you know, happening in the, in the Amazon Amazon world.
1: 17,000 searches, right?
0: Yes. Maybe maybe now you want to open up a new side business for Unicargo and, and start supplying some boxes on, on Amazon, huh? (laughs) All right. Now we get to the, we get to the part of the show called that's, which stands for TST or 32nd, tip. So, think of something like, you know, that, that's very valuable, like a strategy or something that people need to do whenever they're thinking about shipping or logistics right. uh, that you can say in 30 seconds or less and, and very actionable.
1: All right. I have a lot of them, but the biggest one for Amazon sellers today is talk to your freight forwarder. Um, you know, with Trump duties, Trump import duties, there are a lot of exclusions today. Every week, there are at least 20 to 50 new products getting an exclusion. And not a lot of people know that, but a lot of these products you are importing have an exclusion. So the regular HS code for them will be with Trump duties, like 25% to addi- in addition to your regular import duty. But you wouldn't know if it's on an, an excluded unless, unless you really search for it. So talk to your customs broker or your freight forwarder and make sure... That your product is excluded or not. We have a list of over 3000 units, uh, 3000 products that got excluded, regular household goods products, stuff that Amazon sellers sells. And that's, if you get, if you find your product there, you can get your import, your Trump import duty waived. And the bonus even if you paid, you know, for the last year or two years with Trump duties, not two years, but even if you paid Trump duties for the last year, you can get that money back from the government. And it's legal and it's free and you can get a check from the government. And we actually had about ten clients who got, you know, back with at least fifty thousand dollars from customs because they've paid Trump duty on their imports. And all of a sudden, you know, they found out that last last week their product got excluded. So even if your product will get excluded next week, you can actually file a claim for the past entries you made in the past year or two years for that product. And that's a lot of money that can get back to your pocket.
0: Interesting. Okay, that's cool. I let you go more than 30 seconds because that's actually a pretty interesting one. Haven't, haven't heard of that. So that's yeah. pretty cool. All right, well, Raphael, thank you so much for joining us. If anybody wants to find out some more information from you or find you, how can they they find you or your company on the internet?
1: Uh, Basically, Unicargo on Facebook, Unicargo on Google, and we'll jump right up front of your face.
0: All right, thank you, and we'll be seeing you at some upcoming conferences, Amazon conferences over here in the States. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.